0: a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest-growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll.
1: Hey guys, uh, welcome to our FTS interviews and I'm here with a long overdue catch-up with my friend Stani. Stani, CEO and founder of Ave. welcome back to our screens. It's great to have you. Hey Matteo, it's super amazing to be here. It's, it's definitely been a uh, while. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I realized when I was sort of uh, thinking what to you know what to ask and which topic we could we could share that uh, it's not even a year that uh, you and I actually got to know each other and 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 got introduced and and talk in person uh, for the first time. And in the past less than twelve months, so much has happened. You know, in in, in the DeFi space, in, in in your space, isn't it? It's amazing. Uh, it 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 is, it is. almost like uh, the ten years of fintech uh, are going at ten times the speed uh, in the DeFi space, isn't it? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, it's I we've never been so uh, kind of like busy as
2: we are now, but it's becoming, you know because of the nature of how, uh, you know, open source is built in in, uh, in the Ethereum community and, and everywhere, you know, it kind of like, because you have this permissionless nature of just coming as a developer, any part of the world and just like innovating in an open system that anyone can access. Uh, it leads to a kind of like a wave where you have constant innovation. And as all code is public Uh, it's very easy to take something that already is built and improve it a bit. Uh, And it's just like even challenging for me as a kind of like a uh, a veteran in the space to follow everything that is going on in DeFi. So, uh, Or even in Aave, like there's so many things we're working at the same time. Um, But definitely like this is the best times to be in DeFi, to be honest.
1: And, uh, you know, I I was thinking that, uh, you know, DeFi one of the main challenges is actually to become mainstream right and and by in, and becoming mainstream uh, i start thinking of like two sides like the institutional side you know when the official you know the dinosaurs as we as as we call them in the in the fintech world uh, they are going to start getting involved and also that like the non geeky part of the community like the people like me who are more passionate than uh, knowledgeable, I want to I want to say. And it looks to me like with the Aave Arc, you know, you, you're you're tackling the, the, the institutional part, right? Explain me a little bit because I read a little bit, but you know, no one better than you can explain the fundamentals, right? Yeah, I mean to understand Ave Arc, like what's what's happening is that if we
2: see how DeFi is today, for example, uh Ave deployed, um I mean Aave has been building uh, smart contract-based systems since a uh, few years now, but a couple of years ago we deployed the the Aave protocol, uh, the version one, and now the the version two is, is being live, and version three is being being uh, already built as well, and soon uh, launching this this uh, beginning of the year. What's interesting here is that these protocols are built in a uh, open permissionless system, and 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 public blockchains like Ethereum, uh, Polygon, Avalanche, and. Essentially, uh, DeFi is about uh, being able to access protocols permissionless fashion, uh, without giving up custody if you don't want to, and keep yourself the the accessibility that way. And then, of course, the transparency that you see all the transactioning, uh, and uh, what's uh, and the smart contract execution, which is like amazing, moving from papers, uh, data databases into. Somewhere where you kind of like understand that the system will function this way without anyone interfering in it, and uh, of course like this kind of like an open system where anyone can participate. Uh, as DeFi for us is software, it's kind of like a uh, a bit of like a new concept for uh, traditional finance where you have layers of layers of uh, different kinds of compliance requirements, and and DeFi itself is very new, novel landscape. So we got a lot of the inbound um, and especially from a um, uh, kind of like a partner called Fireblocks that they are actually, uh, you know, hot wallet custodian for institutions uh, in the in the space. And they approached uh, the audit community saying that there's a lot of requests now participating in DeFi, but there's some things like compliance that uh, they basically want to manage. So what happened is that the audit community uh, build a new protocol called Aave arc And the difference between what's already exists uh, in the uh, uh, Ethereum already or the other networks on in terms of Aave protocol is that you have the so-called whitelister uh, functionality and the whitelister can give permissions to suppliers, borrowers, and liquidators uh, to interact with the market, meaning that, and of course, there can be multiple whitelisters. In a kind of a safe space, if I understand. Exactly, right? Exactly. So, for example, if you fulfill the uh, KYC and compliance requirements, you can actually join the market through, for example, the uh, whitelister. At first, whitelister is firebox. But, for example, there is a latest proposal in the other, other Governance Forum where even a bank, uh, a Swiss bank, Seba, is asking to become a whitelister and, and decentralizing that function. Essentially, it's a sandbox for institutions to get all the DeFi features, like the transparency, public blockchain, smart contracts, uh, but doing it with the counterparties that uh, went to the same compliance process.
1: So, Stani, what do you think uh, can happen or, or what is your wish You know that uh, uh, will happen if... Uh like large global institutions that are maybe a little bit more forward looking or maybe with a higher, you know, maybe a risk appetite, right? Because it is something completely new. You know, but if a gold a Goldman Sachs or a, a BNP Paribas, you know, would would be whitelisted, you know, what what could happen?
2: I think it's just like it makes the uh the art market more kind of like a wider uh like a settlement network because the smart contracts and the protocol itself is just software that is running on uh, a blockchain and it's governed by uh, the other governance. And of course, uh, these entities and, and where is participating are also, get, as per user owners, uh, they can govern the market together. So what's, what happens is that we kind of move uh, from a system where we have companies and entities uh, keeping uh, settlement networks to something where you have more decentralized system. And for institutions, it means that they have a kind of like a sandbox where they can actually use DeFi uh, until there is more, for example, regulatory clarity of using the permissionless DeFi. Um, And this creates a kind of like a safe environment. And I think smart contracts by using them to sell transactions, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's kind of like a liquidity trading swaps it's actually very fascinating because once the code is deployed, it's very difficult to change. It has to, like the Aave team or one particular counterparty want, uh change the execution. Uh, so you don't have to kind of like a trust uh, middleman there. Instead, you have to go to the official uh, governance process uh, when you want to change risk parameters and so forth. So essentially, uh, it reduces the need of kind of like... A, trusting between institutions, but also it makes execution more clear and transparent. So it adds a lot of transparency into the financial markets, because when we look at uh, 2008 and all these exposures that we had in financial products, first, of course, like the the product ratings and so forth were uh, faulty, but also there wasn't enough exposure on which of these entities were and to what extent they were uh, exposed to each other. For example, um, in decentralized finance, you can calculate and estimate every exposure that there is, whether it's the uh, the debt to uh, loan ratio in the Aave protocol or actually the whole DeFi space. And because of this transparency, you can actually create better risk mitigation tools as well.
1: And that's just good for finance in general. Indeed, and actually, is uh, is also a good uh, a good segue to you know something else that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, can you like. Uh, can you share your view on uh, you know how defi hopefully is not going to be yet another way to sort of extend this rich poor gap right so we, t- talking about uh, defi becoming mainstream which is one of the challenges you know th- we we have to sort of be mindful of the fact that uh, Today it seems like uh, you know a very a handful of, of people and and, and institutions and, and companies you know control the the vast majority of the market that uh, by nature is so volatile that uh, it seems to be profitable only to a little few you know? and 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 actually the masses are the ones who you know maybe some of them get lucky you know but uh, most of them are just uh, you know victim of their own ignorance you see if, if if you see if you yeah. see what i mean so how how can we bring uh, I mean, how is defi bringing potentially a little bit more justice and and you know a scale of 1 to 10 where we are today you know in this uh, yeah. sort of uh, making this uh, truly more uh, uh, comprehensive
2: yeah, and fair. So all about like Aave is all about uh creating not just kind of like decentralized uh, finance, but uh more impactful technology, uh more fair technology. And it's like decentralization blockchains, like they kind of help to govern and, and ensure that these technologies uh are kept fair. And what's fascinating for us to see is that. For example, in the Aave protocol, uh, normally when you access finance, uh, if you have the access to finance, you have different kinds of opportunities depending on the uh, region you are. Uh, maybe it might be based on kind of like a, your customer profile and so forth. But when you interact with the Aave protocol as a user, for example, if you are interacting from London or from Singapore, you um, or India, you have the exact same opportunity as anyone else. So kind of like it democratizes the uh, access to those yield opportunities. Now for us, kind of like, that's that's very good. And that's just like kind of like a first step of going towards direction where, uh, you know, we have equal opportunity. But the second important thing is that these networks are actually governed by the users. So as you are Uh, supplying liquidity to the other protocol, Uh, what happens is that every second uh, you're gaining more and more governance power. And why this is interesting is that how traditional economies are built and the businesses, uh, they're built on the basis that you have uh, investors that are investing in companies uh, and then you collect revenue that goes to the shareholders and kind of like the users are the ones who are actually like helping to build the products. They're kind of like uh, live testing it. They're building the value, but they aren't getting like their fair share. But with the liquidity mining, for example, what is happening is that the uh, users become owners of the protocol and they have a saying. It's the same as for example, if you take a uh, Uber ride uh, from one place to another, each uh, mile or second, you get more uh, Uber uh, equity. Or you take a flight from uh, New York to London, uh, for example, or whatever the product is. So that's one thing. Uh, so these already exist, and this is happening. This is transforming like how like protocols are more fascinating for the actual users and like impactness. But also like what we're looking at is that you know once you have different amount of liquidity in DeFi, uh, the next step is to think like how we get. Uh, part of that liquidity like, out of the fi- and can actually finance uh, finance goals in real economy. I mean, you can finance things in metaverses. You can, you know, finance a you know some sort of a coffee shop or a bank in metaverse. But what's interesting is like how we can use this like uh, global liquidity ocean uh, and create trust network networks and, and finance things that are happening, let's say,
1: in India, Africa, and and the Western countries too. I was actually hoping for you to mention Africa sooner or later because uh, that is, uh, you know, something that is very close to my heart. As you as you know, I mean, I'm an investor and I'm advising a number of companies and even like uh, ecosystems over over there. And I wonder whether or not uh, in uh, like in a continent like Africa, where some of the regulations, especially in financial services, uh, are literally in the making, you know, and and uh, uh, I, I know. A few central banks who are who have now realized that they need the regulation on purpose for uh, you know innovating uh, in digital financial services, and I wonder. Well, first of all, what is the state of the art for to played in Africa? You know, if you can give me a couple of you know, as, as, as status, and uh, you know, how you know faster you know, or or would have bring you know to a continent that is. Uh, I want to say more regulatory flexible, as well as uh, paradoxically, way more digitized. You know than other parts of mm-hmm. the world, and where the the culture of uh, you know transacting using just a mobile phone, even without a bank account, uh, is already in the costumes of the people.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, for example, for private, I mean, essentially, we build technologies so which creates more opportunities, and I think some of the functionality is already built in the. Uh, in the other protocol itself, because we have so-called credit delegation feature. And the credit delegation means that uh, roughly now we have, uh, let's say, uh, if you have uh, 10 million, uh, sorry, 10, let's say 15 billion worth of deposits into the other protocol, Uh, maybe out of that 15 billion, uh, roughly like 45 billion are actually, it's actually more, 5 billion are actually borrowing out of the protocol and utilising their borrowing power. So we have roughly 70% of the liquidity uh, isn't borrowed out from the protocol. So what we can actually do is we can delegate that borrowing power as individuals who want to decide to fund and get additional yield uh, to either initiatives, DAOs, um, or for example, entities that are further delegating the credits uh, and financing opportunities in in Africa. I think, like, kind of like we're still living in a phase uh, in decentralized finance where everything has to be over collateralized or tokenized and somehow collateralized. But I think as as soon as we are starting to realize that uh, these yielding opportunities and we see entities and startups actually taking liquidity out of uh, the other protocol against the credit delegation and someone does the, the management, of management very well and, and shows an example, we see more adoption. And then we create a kind of like a two stream uh DeFi market. And I think the interesting part about Africa is that there's like a lot of the, the digitalization there. So kind of like you have the, the accessibility, but also you can test the very same primitives that are in DeFi uh, there as well. Because for example, in DeFi, you don't necessarily need credit scoring or recourse of a loan to actually ensure that every single person repays their loan uh you know that's how that's not how world like lending worked uh let's say like even uh, hundreds of years ago uh, instead you can use trust networks uh, scoring and everything and take that additional risk because of the nature of people wanting to accumulate their scoring and i think like kind of like uh, once we see those startups actually realizing the opportunity, like that you can get liquidity out of DeFi and we have good tramping, then we see some interesting uh, magic happening.
1: So, uh, I, I, you know, this is really something that uh, I would like sort of to to uh, to uh, to monitor, you know, and 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 because I know that there are a number of initiatives, uh, you know. M- granted, maybe in the more sort of uh, uh, popular places of Africa. I'm talking about South Africa. and Nigeria, Nigeria is kind of uh, like the, the home of crypto, you know, for uh, for Africa, for Africa right now. But is also a place where potential is uh, where potential is enormous. Uh, talking about uh, you know the crypto meccas, you know the, the you you and I almost met in Lisbon, but uh, we we didn't manage to to connect. And and Lisbon became. Uh, Sort of the place to be, you know, for this uh, for DeFi and crypto for 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 a, for a couple of weeks. But there is one thing that I've noticed is that uh, you know there is a, some sort of uh, of, uh, of a, a gang of I'm uh, uh, going to say it like the picky blinders, you know, of the DeFi <laughs> space. And uh, you guys also are, are of course friends, you have all we are all veterans of the space. And of course, by nature, you know, you, you have, you are like backing up each other, you know, so mm-hmm. one could almost say that the same handful of people, you know, has a little bit of, uh, you know, other, but is also involved in the, in the Solana and then in Polkadot and then in Avalanche and, uh, you know, and so how, is this bad, good or bad, you know, and, and, uh, you know, this is like the half of a. Um, you know, a a light question, you know, to to end the interview. But it really seems, which is a good thing because uh, at the same time, uh, you guys are helping each other. But on the other hand, uh, it is like uh, complicated because you're so competing, right? So if you can like uh, share a couple of views from uh, the high spheres, you know, where everything seems to be to get decided uh, is that really true or or there is really a sort of uh, in other words, it doesn't seem that the competition is that fierce. Mm-hmm. this is this is what they fears from 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 as an outsider. Yeah yeah and
2: uh, uh first of all, I don't think you're that outsider. I think you're following the space very very <laughs> well so uh, but yeah I, I think like uh, the competition is a bit different in, in this and transfinance finance and in web3 because like uh like all web3 is about kind of like a network effects but outside so let's say like web 2 is about uh creating networks but keeping them within the platform so let's say if you have like facebook meta uh you know you you build in a way that you want to get people inside of the network and have the platform effect and keep people there and get data as much as possible uh and of course sell ads and services and whatever web 3 is all about you know you create a network to support another network uh and great opportunities. So for example, uh, when Ethereum was launched, it created opportunities to create because of the smart gate. create DAOs, that's new opportunities, uh, create also financial, uh, protocols, create, uh, social uh, media and social graph, which is something that, uh, Ava is also working upon, uh, creating like this kind of like, a, uh, new opportunities and other by itself, it's, it's all about, uh, creating those opportunities and doing it Inclusively, so for example, when we launched the protocol, there was dozens of new pro, uh, products created on top, yield ag- aggregators, and 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 so forth. Uh, but also, like when the protocol is deployed to a new network, let's say like Solana, you know, Polygon, Avalanche, what happens is that as other community, they're actually tapping into a new uh, ecosystem, uh, supporting new users, getting new user base, and it's more about kind of like. Uh, expanding the, the the community and getting more diversity. So like that's like one thing. There there are folks in kind of like uh, and of course like in terms of competition. Like you don't have any notes like in traditional finance with with your user base, whatever. You know, liquidity moves very quickly in in decentralized finance, and at the same time, you know, your code is public, so anyone can actually. Uh, take it. And for our, like our mode is just to increase the rate of innovation and do it constantly uh, and also like uh, securely. And I would say like sure, there's like kind of like some of them might seem like a competition, but actually it's very uh, complementary. And we love what everyone is doing in the space uh, securely, uh, and even like experimentation wise, we recently created an experimentation pod where, we're doing a lot of interesting stuff with NFTs, and we'll do some interesting stuff with with, with DeFi as well. So I would say that like um, it's more about you know everyone is in the same team, uh, whether it's the like let's say an Ethereum team or a wider like let's say uh, Web three team or a, like you know it's it's just all all big family, and sometimes the family is wide, so it does look like a Peaky Blinders sometimes.
1: <laughs> you know, if, if there is one thing that I love about DeFi is this, indeed, the community mission, you know, because, of course, you know, everyone is here to do business, of course. But if there is one sort of a constant mantra that uh, when you talk about uh, people in, in, in this space, uh, you know, constantly comes back, is, uh, is the more is the word fair, you know. And, then, and of course, the, the pioneers will make more money than the guys come in later on it, 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 it's it's great, and you know, and and not all brains are created equal, and all this is great. But I think that, uh, and I hope that what we are building, uh, you guys are building right now, it is something that is uh, fundamentally responding uh, of uh, the huge uh, uh, gap today in financial services, which is basically the fact that are unfair. And the more they develop the way they were developed, the more this unfairness grows. And I really hope that DeFi is. Uh, will not replicate the same uh, the same path.
2: Yeah, and I think like the cool thing is about, like what I love about Web3 like, is the ability to fork. So usually the governance and user-owned networks, they have to have very wide consensus because uh, otherwise, if you don't listen to the minority, what happens is that you can fork the protocol, create a new community. So there's always this risk for like a bigger community. And what's going to happen is kind of like, you know... Uh, You can compare this to actually like traditional businesses. It's very hard to just like replicate a bank or replicate it, even nation. So that's how like like software is kind of like easy to get a wide uh, consensus. Um, So I definitely think there's like incentive for everyone to to build a better system. And it's all about, uh, you know, listening to the voices of the community and also kind of like getting people together. Uh, you know, doing what's what's best for like the most impactful thing. Sometimes software isn't the right thing, uh, you know, it's compromises and it's all about innovating and
1: building new things for people. Sunny, uh, thank you very much for, uh, you know, sharing some of your wisdom with us. Uh, I wish you an incredible 2022 ahead. And I hope that before the end of the year, we'll sort of get back together and see how, you know, this uh, 12 months of uh, of work, uh, you know, will uh, will have brought to the will bring to the community. Sunny, thank you very much again. Thank you so much, Matteo, for having me here, and happy uh, new year.
0: Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with FinTech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.